systems are offline. Like, hey man, I caught your show last week, man. You was dope, bro. Let me drop some knowledge on you, partner. No. I don't trust that you studied. I, I, I like some of you with Brett Riley. We're, we're, we're honest. We're honesty is the best policy on Dash Topic. Welcome to I Like Some of You with Brett Riley. I'm your host, Brett Riley. This show, yep, you're right. It is called I Like Some of You. And the reason that I've named this show I Like Some of You is there's just too much right now. Everybody's shaming everybody. Everybody's trying to make everybody feel bad. Things are very divisive. But one thing that brings us all together is that we don't like everybody. And you're not supposed to because we have brains. The more people you like, if you really just don't have anybody that you're like, oh, I just don't like that person, then you're probably not that smart. No, that's okay. Not smart people are necessary too. Um, you know. I like to win in trivia every once in a while. Um, my um, show, I like some of you. I'm your host, Brett Riley. I'm a comedian. I've been a comedian for over 15 years. I'm not going to say anything over 15 years because there's no reason to age myself. I have not worked in seven months uh, at any of the clubs or venues in Hollywood like I'm used to. So I am, but luckily I am a stay-at-home dad of a seven-year-old girl and a five-year-old son. And my wife is an awesome butt-kicking frontline nurse. And uh, yeah, so life is good. Uh, I've just been locked in for seven months. and uh, But I'm in beautiful California, California, and, uh, and, the, and you know, it's on fire. And the air quality is so bad that we have to stay indoors. And it's so hot today that I can't let my children go out in the backyard and play. Other than that, everything's good. But this show is called I Like Some of You. Now, today, I usually do a monologue and I do all this talking and blah, 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 blah about my opinions about everything. And But this show is called I Like Some of You because I have some of the best talent that I've come across in Hollywood that I not only enjoy what they bring to the table, they're also people that I just find really interesting. And I've had some great guests on this show. Now, today's show is a special show because it's not just I like some of you. This person that's my guest, you can't be more close to a person than I am to this person. You can't adore this person more than I adore this person. There's nobody that's you know, I'm more been a part of and has been a part of me. I don't just like this person. I love this person. I adore this person. My guest today is my mom, Nancy Riley. How are you, Nancy? Hi, good morning. Yeah, my mom. <laughs> I love the nervous energy too. And uh, my mom is my guest today. Uh, yes, she did make it. We did manage to get her out here during the pandemic to, uh, Come out and see the babies because it'd been a long. When was the last over time you were? Year. It was over. It's been over a year since my mom came out. Okay, so give us your give us your stats. What do we need to know about you? What is uh uh what are you what are your uh, okay? What's something that you really don't like? I'll give an example. What's something you really don't like? For me, I cannot stand someone that's an adult during the pandemic that has the nerve to wear a mask, but yet have their nose sticking out. 
oh, that drives me crazy. On the way out here, I had a layover in the Denver airport and there were people that either weren't wearing their mask, even though everything around you said they were, or they didn't have it cover their nose. And I am a teacher and I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut, <laughs> telling people, put your mask on. <laughs> I guess I got that from uh, many years as a teacher in grade school and high school. I'm now a college psychology professor and counselor, but I haven't gotten rid of that bossiness. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I'm your son. My show is called I Like Some of You. So I was laughing really hard when I saw that when you, well, when I saw, when you told me that you, <laughs> she gets off the plane and she goes, I feel kind of, I don't know, but I did kind of bark at a guy in the Denver airport. I did tell him, put your mask on. You don't have an excuse. You're a grown up. And uh, yeah, my favorite though, and I would tell anybody to do this. I've said this on, I told this story on a past episode, but my favorite thing to do when I'm around people that are doing the whole anti-masking thing or the masking's an annoyance or a hoax or whatever, and I see somebody without a mask, I walk up to them and I go, did the fear tell you that you're immune to the virus? Is the Führer aware that you are letting the general public know that you are immune to the virus? <laughs> and uh, that usually makes them uncomfortable, and they'll kind of waddle off with their little <laughs> Nazi selves. Um, Mom, I'm stoked to have you on the show. I mean, you... What's it been like? What, like having to watch your son pick a job that doesn't uh, necessarily reciprocate, you know, money? Well, you've been performing since you were born, pretty much. You would be. How many classes did you get kicked out of while your teacher's laughing in high school? But you got kicked out of because you did one too many funny thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you've been performing forever, so I wasn't surprised that you wanted to perform in some some way mm -hmm. um, it just was it was just who you were I always accused you of somehow my being my sister's child instead of mine because she's a performer as well yeah my aunt Peggy my mom's mm -hmm. sister uh, Peggy is uh is and she's she is a what she's been a choir director and she drama teacher. she's a drama teacher she's She's been a performer her whole life. We're very much, yeah. So, and 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 also Peg and I are kind of like, you know, she's like my that that she's that that auntie for me. Uh, so yeah, I've been accused of being her child. But <laughs> when did you? I don't know, but you you're very talented yourself. Which, by the way, your granddaughter is trying to follow in your footsteps. We just got her a couple of months ago. A piano because my mom is a very very talented piano player has been her whole life you but which she also you also supported you were the piano player for all of your siblings that were that are all singers yeah uncle frank richard peggy Correct. yeah yeah and uh what is i mean when did you i don't know when did you really realize oh oh okay this this is not a phase this kid is this kid is uh, definitely going to. Well, when you were like the MC for different shows at the high school and you would just ad lib the whole thing and everybody would go nuts. And then I helped you get ready to audition for scholarships and you were immediately seen as being 
talented and received voice scholarships, et cetera. And so that was kind of underscoring that that was a good path for you, that it showed that you had the abilities to be able to be successful in, in that avenue. All right. I have to ask, we've never talked about this, especially, well, I'm just really, I have to tell you, I'm seriously grateful that you came on the show because I'm, I'm digging this because you're nervous. Your nervous energy is like awesome for me right now, especially because she tortured me through the Chiefs game last night. Oh my gosh. Oh, I've been wondering what is up with my wife and like for the, for years, like, what is it? I'm, why am I with such a relentless woman? And then I realize, oh my God, last night I'm watching the Chiefs versus the Ravens with my mom and my wife and I'm watching it on Hulu. So there's like a minute, half a minute delay from reality and she's my mom is a huge sports fan. Kansas City sports, my mom has your back. Like Royals, Chiefs, Kansas Jayhawks, like real sports fan. Not I like their colors and that's our hometown. Like no, she's <laughs> legit. Uh anyway, she was totally giggling nonstop throughout the game last night because we she would be oh I know what happens because her phone gets alerts from CBS Sports. From CBS Sports, <laughs> and I'm watching it on ESPN on Hulu, and I was like, "Yo, stop it, stop it!" Like, yeah, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. I'd be like, "Oh no!" She was like, "No, it's gonna be okay, Mom. I'm watching the game. You're like ruining reality for me here. Like, I don't want to. Let's just watch it live." And she was like, "I get too nervous. I get too nervous." And she. <laughs> And she kept, she kept t- cueing me off, like like letting me. Well, she kept letting me know, like, oh no, it's okay. Like you know, we drop a pass, and it's like third and thirteen, and she's like, oh, don't even worry about it. We're gonna be fine. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Which is still great. The Chiefs played great last night. But Mahomes showed he's the best player in the NFL right now. But it was just funny because at first I was like, ah, please stop, and then. About halfway through the game, I was like, what are you doing? I mean, like, you, you're relentless. You won't stop. And this giggle, too. It's exactly – anyway, it's exactly like my, my my wife. Speaking of which, pretty great lady, huh? Yes. What are your what – what are some opinions – if you would like, would you – what's your what's your thoughts on my – on your daughter-in-law, my I couldn't have bride? picked a better one for you. I think she's wonderful. And it's kind of nice to be able to say that about your your daughter-in-law, but I think she's terrific and you got really lucky with that one. Oh yeah, she's she's killing it right now. She's at work right now. We just got done. Grandma just helped me. Well, your nana. Yeah, Rhonda's grandma, your nana. Nana helped out with the uh um homeschool. Homeschooling while uh well, let's be honest. I was, said I was prepping for the show, but I was I was sleeping. Because uh, <laughs> I got to help them with their homework. But Grandma was, Nana was nice enough to sit with them while they were doing their <clears throat> virtual school. Yes. Virtual school. It's You got to admit, they're pretty impressive. They sit there. That's, you know, I was a teacher. I taught grade school. I've taught special ed. I've taught all of it. And I can't fathom how difficult it is for most parents to keep their kids on task trying to do that. 
uh, virtual school because little kids have the attention span of a flea. Yeah. But Atlas Invaded did pretty darn well. But yeah, it's really hard. And I think those teachers are working extremely hard to have them captivated and have activities that they will that they will enjoy. Yeah, you're good. I'm when you tapped on it, anytime you tap on the table though, it goes it's like right on it's right on the right right next to the mic. That's all I was pointing out. Um Yeah, no, but the fact that they listen, I don't know. I they blow my mind all the time. All right, let's what do we talk about though? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, my mom has been a teacher for a long time. Let's, you know what? Let's get to the heart of it. I want to talk about why I most likely ended up being a comedian and why I most likely ended up having such a rebel kind of outward. I mean, that's this show. I like some of you is literally, I want to the brand that I want to put out there in comedy, what I want to talk about socially is I think there is too much tolerance of social structures that don't serve us as individuals. That, so therefore, you know, there's a lot of shaming. A lot of people are making their decisions because they don't want to be shamed. They don't want to, um, they want to be able to go with the flow. They don't want to get into a conflict. They don't want to be in an argument. So therefore people kind of have swept things under the rug and then things like the political divide, um, and, and, uh, the social unrest comes, becomes, I feel more and more of a problem with people not talking about stuff. So I would rather have people talk about stuff and go, yeah, these behaviors I don't tolerate these things I don't like. Also, I have to give my mom a lot of credit because mom, you, you kind of sheltered you. Well, not kind of, you sheltered me. And reminded me that I am, my instincts are not wrong, that I do have skill and talent, and that I just need to keep pushing forward. Because some of the places we lived, which were all small town kids. You're from a small town, Allenwood, Kansas. Dad's from Mineola, Kansas. You know what I mean? And we lived in small town America which is good to an extent, but for someone with the... For someone that wants to perform, not a lot of opportunities. Yeah. And exposure was available. And that was challenging. So I took you on to every outdoor festival and every contest I possibly could for you to sing and perform. And you always wowed the crowd. That was something you were into and something you enjoyed. So I tried to facilitate that. It would have been a whole different thing if we lived in a city. Yeah. I now live in Kansas city and I keep looking at what all there is available for kids there compared to where you grew up. And I'm like, man, you would have loved that. Yeah. But also we came across a lot of stuff together with you being a parent, trying to be a full support for me. We came across things together that we both were just kind of like, what? Like, I've told grown-up friends of mine these stories, and they literally think that I might be like full of, like absolutely full of shit. You can curse on this show, uh, <laughs> but they think I'm absolutely full of shit. Like when I say no. When I was 12 years old, 13 years old, there were contests, talent contests that we had gone to or we go to, went to where they would legit let me know as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old 
that I'd already won and I was, and that they, but I couldn't win, yeah. win again. Cause they weren't going to let the same person win every year. Right. And also, um, also there'd be contests where I'd get a standing ovation and come in third or fourth. And that didn't, we didn't know how to compute that either. We're like, what the, what are you talking about? And then you and I, (laughs) the best though was mom. Well, that's the thing too, is like, you always had that balance of like, we both study people. I get a lot of that from you. Yes. You know, and uh, like, so mom and I would have, our arguments were always pretty funny, like, serious but funny like you know we'd be preparing for a talent show and i'd be like well i'm gonna sing brian mcknight and my mom would just be honest about it she'd be like brett these country bumpkin cracker these you wouldn't call them crackers but you'd be like these white people out in dodge city kansas don't have a clue who brian mcknight is (laughs) sing soul man by sam and dave and the blues brothers sing soul man then they'll know who the hell it is. And then you might have a chance to win the contest. If you sing Brian McKnight, they're going to be like, oh, that white boy sure did kind of sing like a black person. No, the best was a guy that said, I thought you was a brother till I saw you had blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then. And then, oh, I mean, there's been tons of stuff. I mean, remember that woman when when I was 12 and I sang Bobby Brown in that park and that uh, family of older black women came up and gave me a hug and told me, boy, you a Pop-Tart. <laughs> you a Pop-Tart. You got chocolate on the inside. You, you was a Pop-Tart, boy. Yeah. But, I mean, we really just and, – and it was difficult. To be honest, I don't know. I guess I, I guess that's where I want to go right now with the questioning with you is – I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but as a parent, you know, I worry about being about being the proper amount of support for Veda and Atlas and and being and making sure that their spirit never gets diminished or or or, you know, or their because. Well, I do. I've always wanted to talk about it. I haven't really found an avenue to talk about it because it really doesn't make sense. But the one person that it would make sense to actually cover this topic would be with you. Recently, because of what's been going on in the country and lots of people that see it on social media. I'm sorry if it offends you, but I I mean, I only care so much. Like if you support (laughs) like seriously, if you support if you support Donald Trump now after everything that's come out like 2016. 2015, it was fine for people to come out and be like, you know, if you are going to unfriend people because of a differing political ideology, then you're really showing your true colors as a person. No, it, yeah, that argument held maybe a little bit of water in 2016. If you're still on board with what's going on in this country with the rhetoric and the violence being stirred up and just the blatant criminality, yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a difference. It's not, it's not, oh, we're, our thoughts are different. No, it's literally like you showed your level of, you know, I just, that's it. I don't, I'm not cool with it. So I posted something about on media, the social media about, you know, Trump supporters 
and I go, it's just so ignorant in the level of criminality. And, uh, and I said, Oh no, the post I posted, if you're tired, if you're an anti-racism individual, like my wife and I are, and you find it tiresome explaining to people of color that you aren't a hack racist Trump supporting piece of garbage. Imagine how difficult it is for people of color to deal with racism all the time. And in response, a friend of mine from growing up uh, who is who is black sent me a, a message saying, so are my parents racist? Because they, or or could you possibly be, and they because they support Trump, or could you possibly be wrong about Trump supporters? And my response was to delete his comment, so and not have a public debate and talk to him personally, which is what most people need to do. Grow up, quit trying to like get people to cheer for you from the stands with your arguments on social media if you guys want to talk about something talk like grown-ups send private messages you know what i mean so i deleted his comment because i didn't want to have a public debate but i and i sent him a message saying hey man we grew up together i've I've never had a problem with you or your family but i will say truthfully you know he said are my parents racist they they adopted three black children two mexican children and a native american child and i said I've never had a problem with your family, and I'm definitely not trying to offend you, but don't you think that's a little bit difficult for no reason and bringing a problems about for no reason to raise that many kids, children of color in a sundown town in Western Kansas? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I just, and this, this guy was baffled. He was like, I did not know. And then I went into it. He goes, Really? This family? This family? This family? Are they ignorant? And I he didn't know that I truly, at a young age, seventh grade through ninth grade, battled adults. Not, not adults. Their children. I was bullied by adults. And the weirdest shit was, my biggest bully was my mom's boss. Yeah. So yeah, now- I, get, I think the thing about living in a small town is such it's such a small, limited population of people to interact with. And you're right, you don't like all of them, yeah. But you can't get away from them, yeah, because there's no one else, and they can totally go a blackball you and 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 go against you and get the, everybody to go along with it. Whereas if you live in a city. You, if you don't like somebody, you can avoid them unless they happen to be your boss. But you can avoid them. You can have your personal life be separate. You can eliminate that element. So, yeah, do I like everybody that I come into contact with? No. If I don't like their views, I don't like the way they treat other people, I don't appreciate their values, I have very limited contact with them. And that you, unfortunately, in the little town that we lived in, got to experience being excluded by certain individuals and they would try to get everybody on board with that. So you can kind of understand how different groups and ethnicities have been excluded um, unfairly based upon nothing of their own doing. And I think the world today and especially in in our country has become so divisive because Trump is divisive. He's created so many 
things to try to make us more separated instead of us being more together. And we don't need anybody to fuel that. There's enough paranoid people around that can fuel their own uh, problems with anybody that might differ from them at all. But having the person at the top do that has been ridiculous. Yeah. And, and I mean, to give you, I mean, I would get, I got suspended from school like nine times a year for three years. Well, not nine. But not, yeah. not, it was, but a but lot, a lot. <laughs> it was a lot, but I mean, and literally the principal, Mr. Freeborn and my English teacher, Mr. Kukula were the, were literally the only guys that, you know, and of course my mom and my dad, but to tether my sanity because I literally was hopeless. It does. It is what, like, like what you just said. Thank you for saying that because that is the truth. That is why I relate very much, very much so to people that have been, that are being, you know, whatever, being mistreated, being excluded, being oppressed in any way. It it just is because of the situation when I was in, when you're in a town of 600 people and you have no friends and you're being chased home, beat up at church and yeah, all sorts of stuff. You know, I think that that did help shape you though, to recognize uh, racism, to recognize people that are mistreated and to want to be sure that you're not part of that problem. Uh, I've been a profession. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I've worked in schools most of my life. And um, yeah, I mean, if you can't, if I'm in that field, I better be open to working with anybody, regardless of, of race, sexual orientation, gender, anything. I should be able to work with that. And, and I believe I truly am. Uh, and you do see, though, how people have been oppressed and mistreated. And it, it doesn't make it okay. You want it to change. And when you see leadership that's doing exactly opposite of those values that I hold. It's very hard for me to be okay with that. Yeah. That's exactly where I'm at. I know, I know a lot of people want to be like, well, I don't like to get political. Well, I'm not trying. I'm not, I don't. You kind of have to right now. Yeah. I mean, again, in 2016, 2015, um, a lot of people I know, um, voted for Trump because they voted against Hillary. And I'm like, how can you vote for someone that's a despicable person? I said, I don't care uh, about anything else, but that's a man that has absolutely no core values. So why would we want him to be our president? <laughs> that was, but, that's, but now you know and you've seen the writing on the wall. So there's an excuse. There is no excuse. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's what I want people to understand. If you, like 2015, 2016 was different. Because that's true. There's a ton of people that voted because Hillary Clinton is not a like very likable person. She's hard for me to watch. Just like not as hard for I can't even listen to Donald Trump speak. But Hillary Clinton is hard for me to watch because she's very phony. And another thing that's really bothering me right now about the talking points with everybody is people going, well, at least I'm not some liberal hypocrite. Yeah, but. You're supporting a blatant racist that's instigated violence. Like people have died now. Like no getting around it. Yeah, I it's, know. And his status on immigrants and I mean And every one of his wives is an immigrant. Like well, and, and now you're finding out like the 
the fact that people are literally poo-pooing off that it's literally broke this, you know, in the last days, that he's not a billionaire. He's broke. If you were inherited four hundred million dollars, and then you are, and then your tax returns show that you are four hundred million dollars in debt, you're not a good businessman. You're a moron. <laughs> like serious. Like there's no bullshit. What do you in, really mean, Brett? <laughs> like, there's no bullshit. And I, anyway, but my mom, but being, I, I don't know how she put up with me because I was really, 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 really. You were always on the right side of the values though. And you were always one that would stick up for the little guy or somebody that you thought was being mistreated. Even if you got in trouble, you were still going to stick up for someone. And I could never be critical of that. Yeah, I had to eat a lot of crow going up to school when you got kicked out because I often worked with those people. You always you worked with them, <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, sorry. And but they most of them. But at the same time, also you also thought that you were that you were you were right in your values. You just were wrong in how you chose to do it at the time. And most of them really appreciated you and still really liked you a lot and still follow you, by the way. But yeah, yeah as adults, we've reconnected and now all yeah. that stuff. But. Uh, I think one of the funnier things is how your football coaches would have you imitate the coach and even in front of him you would. Oh, yeah. I got caught many times doing imitations of the people. The one thing I guess I wanted to tell – do you remember this? This is the meanest thing. I don't know how you put up with it. And this is the stuff that scares me about Veda and Atlas because I'm worried. Because <laughs> apple doesn't fall far oh, from the no, tree. God. Oh, no, God. So, but I'm – but you remember when I used to – when I came up with – with uh, just just that disgusting character that used to just make you sick. You used to get so mad. You, whenever you had a substitute? No, whenever no. I you you were whenever you get riled up and I knew I had you and I would just the really really to twist the knife to really really mess with you was the nasty guy where I'd go mm. <laughs> and you'd be like stop it. Stop. You'd be like, that's so disgusting. I go, mm, are you, oh, oh, mm, are you mad? Mm. And you'd be like, stop. It's the stupidest thing. And the best, remember? What? Well, and I yeah, always what wanted you, you to be respectful of people that had less fortune than you or people. My first degree was teaching mentally handicapped. And I always wanted you to be appreciative of people with disabilities in that um, they didn't all have the opportunities and the yeah. abilities that you had. And I was never down with anybody giving anyone a hard time. You had some great characters. <laughs> Sometimes they were a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you had a substitute at school. I get called from the principal and he's like, oh, Brett was doing it again today. And I'm like, oh, what was that? Well, <laughs> he was a different character all day. <laughs> the whole class went along with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would act like the whole team, the whole class would <clears throat> play along with it. And I would act like I needed special help from the teacher. Mm. And, uh, You'd develop a limp. I'd develop you'd a have, limp, uh, and I'd have a lisp. You'd have Tourette's. You'd I'd have, have also. <laughs> I did all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I tried out every different. And if the whole class participates with it. The, it went on all day. Yeah, the, the substitute teacher 
would go along with it too. There was also <clears throat> there was also this thing that we used to do where when we had to stand up and read in front of class, we'd hang our our whole ass out the back where it looked normal in the front, but our whole we'd be mooning the whole class, standing up reading in class, uh, and we'd do that. Um, God, it was so. Yeah, you pulled some stuff. A lot of it. A lot of stuff. Um, now, I think everybody's attitude was you better make it in as a comic or something or all of this was wasted. <laughs> yeah. All of your practice and your preparation was for <laughs> not. Absolutely. <laughs> the comedy game doesn't make any sense, though. It's really weird, though. That's the only thing that's killed me. My, my wife, by the way, I got to give her a shout out to be totally honest. One thing I will say to anybody out there listening, do not try and put... When it comes to love, I would encourage anyone just be in love. Don't put, don't do do it. These structures that were built are make believe. You know what I mean? Like there's no, the man, you know, the man's the head of the house. You're a failure. If your woman makes more money than you or the woman should stay home with the kids. I mean, just, just love each other. I mean, I get to be, I'm a stay at home parent and it's the coolest thing I've ever gotten to do. It is weird being just a stay at home parent. It was a lot easier for me to justify before the pandemic, because at night I was working, you know, and performing at the clubs when I'm literally not working, not going on cruise ships, not, you know, not going to auditions and stuff. And I'm taking care of the babies. It'd be easy for me to fall into that trap because of outside social pressure, you know, but the truth is, is my wife works really, really hard. She has a great career with great benefits that really make our family secure. And uh, yeah, suck it. I, as a man, I just need to suck that up and, and deal with I'm it. I'm glad it's changing. We're not all meant to do the same things. And many times I think you, you bring the fun with your kids. And Shana, fortunately, is the organizer. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny is, you know, like mom last night was like, wait a minute, they go to bed at 7.30? But they were still giggling at 8.30. Oh, yeah. No, they do. I just, but but that's, we stay on that schedule because mommy on days she works usually gets home around 9. And on days that mommy works, usually the children are asleep when she comes home. That way she can just go and watch her shows, have something to eat, take a shower, relax. You know, uh, on mommy's days off, you know, they usually are up and about and messing around and stuff. But that's fine. It's just weird. It's just uh, it's just a weird, cool dynamic. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Is there something that you think is just an interesting thing that uh, that I'm spacing on that we could talk about, or is that putting you that put you on the spot? My bad. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we well, okay. How did you forgive me? And have you? Wow, well, okay, maybe that's a better question. Have you forgiven me for not graduating from college with my scholarship? Sure. You didn't really need a. You didn't really need a degree. You needed talent to do what you're doing. Um, and you did go a couple of years and you got the college experience, but and I, I'm a college counselor. So, <laughs> yeah. but you know, when I was going through college, 
you're, there was a real separation. If you had a college degree, you got certain jobs um, and technical degrees were not uh, looked at as, as highly as a college degree. That's not the truth anymore. And, um, you know, I, I, again, talent means more than, than an education. I thought down the road that might have been a good thing to, to have, but I don't know that it would have served you too well if you had finished uh, what you were doing. So, yeah, it's, it, it is your path. And I think most people at 18 don't really know where they want to be uh, in as an adult. I know I work with 18, 19, 20-year-olds all the time as a college psych professor and a, and, a, and a counselor, and most of them don't have a clear picture of where they want their future to be. So for going to college for a couple of years gave you a chance to kind of stabilize okay. on that. So <clears throat> you're not at your job, so you can answer this honestly. So is it is it inaccurate when I know you've heard me say in the past that to a certain extent, in, in a lot of cases, college, in the past, it seemed like I was making an attack on white people because I do have, I, I will admit, I've been, before it became the buzzword that it is now, but privilege. So would you say that you think that that you'd agree that to a percentage there, that college for a lot of, for a percentage of the population is literally just a moratorium on growing up. Yes. I'm not saying it's not a a good thing to get a degree, but actually technical degrees pay a lot of money and you don't spend as much on your education. I think you, sometimes people need to take a few years before they go to college to figure out what it is they really want to do because today coming out with a degree doesn't necessarily mean you have a job. I mean, I have students in my office. Oh, I want to. I want to be an uh, art major. I said, okay. What do you want to do with that degree? You know, most studio artists. Yeah, it's a pretty hard gig. So, what do you want to do? Are you going to pay forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars and up, and have this degree? And how is that going to get you a job? You know, again, you kind of have to. And I, not trying to talk them out of it. I'm just trying to think you need to kind of look at what the career path is going to be. And again, it was what you did when I got out of school, you went to college, Yeah. but that doesn't mean that that's the goal everyone should have. And I think for many students, they should take a little time working and try to figure out where they want to be. So they're not throwing money away, trying to get a degree that may not lead them to a job at all. And not everybody needs that. Yeah, I do think that post high school education of some sort usually helps people be trained more for a vocation. Uh, but again, not necessarily a college degree. But you okay? But you do agree? Well, I mean, but you would say that you do agree with me. The the assessment there are a ton of people that just kind. Of, well, let's just get it go more into it. I guess what I'm inserting is, I think that part of the social Part of something that makes people upset socially, at least me and my pe- people of color that I'm friends with, is it's kind of disgusting how many white kids it's just a rite of passage to go yeah. get hammered for four years or six years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what other demographic of the population just gets to go get, you know, just it's just a rite of passage. He gets to go be a well, fight. It's a moratorium on having to be an adult. Yeah. Oh, you 
You know Trevor. You know how 24-year-old, you know how these young lads are just being a drunk piece of shit until he's 30. You know yeah, what I mean? It is a moratorium on having to take on adult responsibilities for sure. And some take really good care of that and make makes that time productive. And then there's a huge percentage. I, I have kids in my office all the time that will go, well, I want to go to this school. I said, what do you want to study there? And I said, you know, they don't have that degree there. <laughs> Why is it you want to go there? Well, it'd be a lot of fun. Okay. You might want to pick a college base more upon what they offer that you want. No, I'm not, I'm not going to lie at all. And you know this. I've, I've told you flat out. I went and, and visited all the colleges that told me I had an opportunity at a scholarship. I did not want to live in Oklahoma. <laughs> but when we went to go visit Oklahoma City University... And they rolled out the red carpet, you know, and, you know, I got to go to the frat houses. I got to go to the sorority houses. I got to go party for that weekend and got to stay on campus. And I'd never been away from Kansas, you know, from home. It didn't matter that it was Oklahoma. Not only was it away from home, but nobody from where we grew up. You know what I mean? It was all new people. I didn't care if it was Oklahoma. It was all new people. And... There were eight girls for every one guy at Oklahoma City <laughs> University. And most of them were gay. The yeah. Guys. <laughs> the, and, and most of the guys were gay because the school. Gave you great odds. Yeah, it gave me incredible <laughs> odds. And what, what else? It was a beauty. It was a, it was a school that. Had a lot of Miss Americas. Had a ton that. of Miss Americas. Ton of like pageant queens. I don't know. It was a perfect mix. Ballerinas, pageant queens. When people wonder like. Wow, it's really amazing that you're so so faithful to your wife, and you really love Shane. I was like, well, I got, I, I had a good, I had a good young life. <laughs> I had, I had a good life before I met my wife. No, I mean there really was though. But I, that's the thing. As an eighteen year old kid, I went and moved to Oklahoma because of how pretty all the girls were. I'm not sure if you did like come out to Hollywood at 18. No, I wouldn't have. I was scared of it. I was scared. I still haven't been to New York. I'm not sure coming here at 18, you would have been persistent enough to make a go of it. Not that you didn't have the talent, but the maturity and the wisdom to figure out how to maneuver everything. I'm not sure that a lot of 18 year olds don't have that. Uh, So again, it was kind of a moratorium, more of an opportunity for you to figure out, um, what you wanted to do and how you could do it and get some experience uh, performing that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And so I'm not, I mean, I don't think it was a bad thing. And I think for a lot of students that uh, being out of school, taking a gap year or two, isn't a bad thing. And um, again, figuring out what it is you want to do is a tough one. Yes. Shana graduated High school early. She gra- you so did too. I, yeah. I was going to say you did too. I started teaching. I was 21. All the students thought I was a new student. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I got asked a lot. Like, I'm like, uh, you're in eighth grade. I'm, your, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. This is not going to happen. Yeah, teach. I was just wondering if you want to go grab a photo <laughs> with me. Yeah. Yeah. No, no but I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was, it's been, it was interesting. That's all I know. Growing up, growing up out there I don't understand though like what kept I don't know what kept you there you and dad 
I mean, dad left for a while when he was young and like went out to Florida and worked at a construction company and got a little wild for like a summer or two. Ah, no, never mind. Dad explained it. Now, now, I, now I know. I dad, Vietnam. Yeah, I, I for dad it was dad was avoiding like avoiding getting shipped off to Vietnam. No, dad was like, I have to get serious about my studies and go buckle down. Okay, so that answers my question for, me, for dad. Got, for you, I got out of college and I was independent. That was what my role was: is to be independent. So I got a job as a teacher, and that's what that's what it was. I mean, there was no prolonged adolescence in my time period. Yeah. You know, the minute you were finished with school, you're done, you're cut off, you're on your own, make it go. And so, yeah, I got a job and been teaching ever since. (laughs) Okay. Well, do you rationalize with what a lot of the talking points have been with um, the young people coming up today with basically saying, well, do you believe, okay. Cause I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair that pe- that there's this propaganda out there that's really got heavy for a while where they were ba- like the complaining about millennials and kids nowadays are soft. And in my day and you guys didn't have to work for it and all this stuff. And we were like, first of all, like I've said this to you before and I've said it to our uncles and stuff, like when we're having drinks over holidays and stuff. Uh, well, it's great back in your generation. You guys could work at the local hardware store and afford a house. You know what I mean? You could work at the local hardware store, get married, have three kids, and still have a house and live the American dream. That's not possible. No, the cost of living has gotten so high. Um, I remember, well, I was blessed that my parents paid for my college. I remember my dad won a golf tournament in Calcutta and paid for my tuition books, my first month's rent for my college. Time out. Time out. I have never heard this story. Do you? Okay. Because we aren't silver spooners. Oh, but no. I've never in my life heard this story. And it, this sounds like you should be saying it. My dad won a golf oh, no, tournament no, no. in Calcutta and he was, paid for Calcutta's my. Calcutta is the betting. He didn't have to actually win. He bet on who was going to win. Oh, okay, and okay, made, okay. And it was 500 bucks. But 500 bucks paid my tuition for the semester, my books, and a month's rent. I mean, that's not a huge amount of money. 500 bucks wouldn't pay any of those things right now. No. And yeah. so the cost of going to college was not that great. The uh, What it costs to be independent, that's why when kids are going through school, they kind of have to think about, well, am I going to pay 100 grand for this degree and come out with a job that makes 20000 a year? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, you've got to really kind of help direct them towards what's a reasonable expectation well there's just so many structures to me that just make no sense like you're gonna bust your butt to be what to go to get an engineering degree or you're whatever you're gonna do and then what you're gonna go out after with the debt your first couple years are gonna be what an intern yeah maybe you know what i mean or like i just never understood that but but also it it still bites me in the butt with comedy it still bites me in the butt as an entertainer because people are like, what, did you think you were just going to show up and perform? I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. I kind of thought you sons of bitches would just get out of the way and give me the goddamn microphone. That's what I thought. <clears throat> I just, it's, it's just weird, but because you see it, 
I don't know. It makes me giggle my ass off when you see people though try and pull seniority as a, as a as an entertainer. I'm like, it's, this isn't Walmart. No, You're not middle management. Nobody gives a shit that you've been here for 14 years, Steve. No one, you know, or Dave. No inter- one cares. Entertainment is the one area that should be talent based. Merit. It should be meritocracy. It, absolutely. If you're got the talent, you should be able to rise to the top. And yet there are many at the top that aren't that darn talented. But uh, They're malleable, though. Yes. They but do, I, and they do what they're told. And if somebody goes, oh, don't make fun of Republicans or don't make fun of this, you, you'll, you'll alienate part of your base. Yeah. You know, like people ask me why LeBron James, I like LeBron James so much more than Michael Jordan, not taking away from Michael Jordan's talent. You can't take away Michael Jordan's talent. I just don't think he's as good of a human being as LeBron James. I've never gotten over the whole Republicans wear sneakers too. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. what we what were you saying? I feel like I interrupted you though. You finishing the thought? Okay. No, I, my mom I've, has been seeing me sing since I was a kid sing now my little ones were singing in the car oh my gosh i love by the way encourage your kids to sing a lot of people don't know this but i've done a lot of reading in the pandemic and it is true i've always had a very 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 uh good um immune system and i found out it's not by mistake if you sing full throat whether it be in the shower or riding in the car by yourself if you sing full out like like you're performance singing uh it literally keeps your sinuses and just don't do it in church and right now in the pandemic <laughs> i know right don't do it don't be singing in church and think you're super holy right now you're an idiot yeah. if you're in church right now you no, just music i'm sorry i said that but music that's true is great for the soul. music is great but the uh, but but my kids they sing oh my gosh they're so kids cute love music when they sing the whole uh Night I go to bed, the colors in my head, a million dreams are keeping me awake. They sing like they're so great. I love I love listening to my little ones sing. Atlas will sing Country Roads take me home to the place I belong. <laughs> it's so cute and vi- but um I got that from you know my mom and you know you guys encouraged me and told me to do it and i did i do like singing i really do hope to get to do something with singing um the imagery thing kind of messed with me the image you know like somebody's like like when we first came out to hollywood and i got offered that recording contract and the guy was a polygamist and his four wives waited on me and shame <laughs> Like uh, in his compound, it was so weird. And you, mom was like, "Well, how much does it pay?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Mom, I'm not signing. It's a little creepy. It's weird. I'm telling you." <laughs> uh, but there's just I don't know. We've been through it. It's been cool. Like having my mom. My mom's been with me when I've been, you know, closing out the show at the Laugh Factory, the Improv, and we have a good time. We enjoy our wine. We eat good food. It was weird. Oh, my my mom was uh tell yeah, tell that story what you were explaining to Veda about your dad was picky. Explain that. Yeah. <laughs> Why was I so picky of an eater? Well, you were allergic to everything and if you ate something you were allergic to, it would come back at you. 
And so you would or not end up in the hospital. Yeah. Are you, so you wouldn't try anything. And so Veda is just like that. She doesn't get show the allergies or get sick, but she's real tentative about trying new things. She, that, that girl eats fish sticks, chicken nuggets, and peanut butter and jellies. That's yeah. I mean, you know, but there's a reason I said, I, it took a long time to get you to where you would try things. I remember making you milkless, eggless, butterless, birthday cakes because you were allergic to milk and eggs and everything and then you wouldn't try it you'd smear it all over but you wouldn't try it um but yeah but again you can see where that comes from when kids have uh allergies, allergies yeah, I mean, and other things i literally you were telling and they didn't understand about allergies in the same way when you were little and ah you're you're just being picky just eat it you'll be fine they're trying to bring that stuff back now with people going yeah, we're getting our kids the vaccine because I know more than a doctor and that whole polio shit was a hoax. Uh, <laughs> and also, you know, and all these people, uh, yeah, I'm not going to vaccinate my daughter because they're, uh, but also people going, oh, your kid's got peanut allergies? I'm sure he does. Durr, durr. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure it was way worse when, when I was a kid. Which, yeah, because you'd be like, no, he can't have that or his throat will swell shut. And they're like, I remember taking you to the hospital and you were like 15 months old and I gave you one bite of scrambled eggs and your eyes puffed up and swelled shit. And I rushed you to the emergency room because uh, I thought you were not going to be able to breathe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean. Uh, well, I scared you guys a lot. Like, yeah, you swallowed a penny. Oh, good. Yeah. I had a babysitter and you full of penny and then you entertained all the nurses in the er going where'd the penny go <laughs> and the doctor was kind of cool he said i'll just check him for loose change uh, <laughs> we actually had to go and have you x-rayed to make sure that the penny wasn't still in there okay <laughs> but yeah it's and it's stuck in your in your um throat right below the trachea so you could breathe but your food wouldn't pass. And so we'd give you a bite of food and then come right back. And they actually x-rayed and you could see the penny right there. So they went in and they tried to get it out. They couldn't and they had to push it down. Um, and that's when they said, check you for a loose change. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, and there was pneumonia too, right? Oh, yeah. You were, you were in the hospital quite a few times for, for that. But again, I don't think people realized how big of a environmental influences could affect kids as well as allergies to food. I think it's good that people are more aware of that now. Yeah. I hope you guys have enjoyed yourselves as much as I have talking to this woman that I love with all of my heart. I adore you, mom. Thank you so much for being my guest on my show. I uh, hope everybody will keep listening. Uh, listen to us on dash radio. I like some of you with Brett Riley. Also check for older episodes for, for episodes that have already aired on Spotify and Anchor. Again, this is I Like Some of You with Brett Riley and my guest, my mom, Nancy Riley. Thank you guys for listening and make sure to tell friends. Uh, oh, also you can find us on Instagram. My Instagram is Mr. Brett Riley, M-R-B-R-E-T-T-R-I-L-E-Y. Reach out to me if there's something you want to talk about. I'm all about it. I'm bored. And, and and locked up in pandemic land. So as we all are, guys, take, take care of each other. I like some of you. As long as you're a decent and good person, I can, I can find some love for you and find love and be happy out there, guys. All right, bye. I, I, I like some of you with Brett Riley, where honesty is the best policy.